the last few weeks, we've been using selections from the Book of Wisdom. It's a very beautiful book called part of the Sapiential literature, the wisdom literature, um, composed about a hundred years before Christ by Jews trying to educate their young people, probably their adults too, by using the logic of wisdom, in this case, by using the logic of Greek teaching, Greek philosophy, because they were in Hellenistic territory, and everybody was being influenced by the pagan Greek philosophy. So the fathers of the, of the community, the rabbis, the elders, thought, let's talk about practical aspects and how God is involved in our lives in practical aspects. And today, in the Book of Wisdom, the list is, it's almost a checkoff list on how to act wisely, how to act in concert with the will of God. Very often, wisdom is applied to God as the Holy Spirit. There are descriptions of wisdom enjoying God at the, at the beginning of creation. A poetic way of saying the presence of God is wisdom. And because it is an expression of God, and we regard the Holy Spirit as an expression of God, the third person of the Blessed Trinity, wisdom is applied to God. And if you want to know what wisdom is, if you want to know what God is, just take any one of these lines. Secure, tranquil, all-powerful, all-seeing. All, all the things that the Book of Wisdom says about wisdom, we apply to God, an aura of the might of God. So it, an effulgence, a showing out of the, the presence of God. So as we're looking at the Book of Wisdom, we have to look at who brought wisdom to us. And of course, in his life, Jesus did. And he was the epitome of wisdom, you might say. He was a teacher. He was a, a, someone who showed the aura of God the Father. So when we practice the gift of wisdom appropriately, we're imitating Jesus and we're praying. I mean, there are so many ways to pray that, that we're not used to it sometimes. Just practicing your intellectual ability to judge, to make judgments, to, to, to make decisions is a prayer because we're acting in concert with God. Now, the problem comes in with Jesus because he's the, ever, the realist. He's talking about today... People are asking him, um, what will be the, the sign of the kingdom and all this? He says, don't worry about the kingdom coming. The kingdom is among you. Okay, you are part of the kingdom. That's us. We, our lifestyle is part of how we express our faith in the presence of God and, in Jesus' words, in the kingdom. When he comes on the scene and says, don't look for wisdom there, or don't look for the second coming there. No, it's, it's among you. Jesus, Jesus talking about himself. The problem comes in, sometimes Jesus says things we don't want to hear. And this section from um, chapter 17 concludes, 
Just as lightning flashes the skies once and to the other, so the Son of Man come. Okay, that's good. But first, and this is the kicker, he must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. So as we praise God, we realize we're modeling ourselves on Jesus, and in the scriptures we have the wisdom gift given to us in Jesus, and Jesus telling us, you're going to know glory, you're going to know heaven, you're going to know the kingdom, but first you have to suffer. The kind of peace, that, that bitter, sweet message from God that we don't want to hear. And you remember when he told that in front of the apostles and, and Peter said, no, 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 don't say things like that. You know, you, you're special. We don't want you to suffer. That's it. And what was Jesus' response to that? Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me because you're not following me. So, okay, so the reality of our Christian faith is right above the tabernacle. The crucifixion in every church. The tabernacle is an indication of the presence. The crucifixion is an is a, is a education as to the voyage that we take. Our lives are going to be joyful, hopeful, filled with love. But realistically, we know that there are moments in our lives in which we suffer. And that's... I don't want to say it's a test, but it's our test, how we endure our lives that are bitter at times with a light of wisdom on our side. And I myself, as, as I mentioned at the beginning of the Mass, to, now we are praying for Kim, my niece, besides the other intentions of the Mass, who ha was diagnosed with a brain tumor just last week. And she's in the hospital, and we're praying for her impending successful surgery but we're doing that at prayer so we're placing ourselves i and i invite you to placing ourselves in the presence of wisdom knowing that we're christians filled with hope knowing jesus can heal all things and yet the reality of even jesus suffered in this life so we're probably going to suffer, and we are suffering now as a family, and those of you who are praying for others as a family, praying for the recovery, praying for the success of the operation, praying for the hands of the Holy Spirit to be in the doctor's hands. And it's a little bit of bitterness, but we're Christians, so we take that bitterness to the cross. Through the cross, we achieve the resurrection. That's the whole mystery, that God himself came to earth and in his wisdom taught us how to get to heaven and not at the end of our lives, how to, get, how to experience heaven because he talks that the kingdom of God is among you. So don't go looking someplace else for it. And in prayer and in support of one another, we pray to Jesus Asking him to give us the insight of the cross, which led to the resurrection. So when we pray, all of our prayers are placed before God in hope. And that's why we're here today, once again, in hope. Knowing that he hears our prayers. Don't look other places. The kingdom of God is within you. Jesus is with, within us. And as we pray for hope, we're 
exercise in our gift of wisdom.